Rebels. My name is Matthew Barton. Welcome to the Rebellion Brewing Podcast. Earlier this summer, a couple local dudes told us they were launching a cooking show on YouTube. They were featuring barbecue, grilling, and a bunch of great local craft beer. Shamelessly, we gave them a bunch of our beer and some gear to wear and drink while they cook. So what sets their show apart from the cooking show pack? Today, I'm sitting down with Kevin and Corey to talk all things sizzle and smoke. Kevin, Corey, welcome to the show. Thank you. That's a great intro. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. It's got a good voice. (laughs) Got the radio voice. How's uh, summer going? So far, can't complain. You know what? We, we're doing cooking show every week. Um, well, as you can tell, we like the food. So we like food and beer, so uh, it's going great. It's wonderful. For those who don't know, for those who haven't yet watched Sizzle and Smoke, what is it? It's uh, Saskatchewan's number one YouTube cooking show, and it features uh, some different cooking, I don't know if you call them utensils, but I'm cooking on, the, uh, on a flat-top griddle. And Corey's cooking on a smoker. So there's the sh- your sizzle and your smoke. And we also like have Saskatchewan adventures, right? We went out to Mooseman and tr- tried eight different uh, burgers in their burger festival. And trying rink burgers. Like we're Saskatchewan dudes. We love Saskatchewan. We love beer. <laughs> we love food. So anything Saskatchewan beer, you got to go subscribe. How long have you been doing the show for? Uh, since last August. Last August? Yeah, it was kind of one of those... Uh, those COVID things, what, you know, you come around to ideas you've always wanted to do. And I've always wanted to do something like this. And then I got the uh, flat top, which opens up a whole new world of cooking. And so I thought this would be, you know, really unique. Corey's been making awesome stuff on the smoker. So me and him talked about it. Neither one of us really thought it would work. <laughs> Didn't really want to do it. But then one day we just said, hey let's just go try it let's go film something and uh so we filmed ourselves making caesars and uh next thing we knew everybody we knew it's only people that we knew watching they're all just loving it and telling us keep keep going keep doing it so uh that's kind of how it started and now you've got an audience from across saskatchewan not just regina we have subscribers in 28 countries so it's it's all, it's all over the place, but we want to build our Saskatchewan subscribers. So, I mean, that, that's our main focus, but yeah, YouTube's a, a worldwide thing. So. so when someone tunes into your show, are they looking for cooking tips? Are they just looking to, to laugh and have a good time? Like, what, what are they getting out of the show? Are you guys educational? Are you just goofing around? We'd like to think we're both of that. If I can make you smile and teach you how to make a nice dish, that's a win for me. And as you said earlier, I get to have a beer while doing it. Well, that's a win for me. So we're all good. So we'd like to try things a little bit different. We don't want uh, the run of the mill, but sometimes we will. We'll do something an everyday staple, but we'll try and jazz it up a little bit. Or the next one, we'll do something hard that nobody, you know, people are scared to try and show them just how easy it is they can do it. So, What are people scared of when it comes to grilling? Well, lots of things. You know, when I first got my smoker, I was intimidated by doing a brisket because it's so big and takes so long and I didn't know how to do it. Well, now I feel I've got it down pretty well 
But I was scared. I had to watch YouTube videos how to figure out how to do it. And I mean, now I've got it. So hopefully people can watch ours and do the same thing. It is a lot of money to buy a big piece of meat and then ruin it. Absolutely. The first couple I did. So <laughs> <laughs> I learned the hard way. I remember my very first brisket, I had to like shave the ends off because it just, I had screwed up the ends. But the, the pieces in the middle, I was able to chunk and pull apart and get some nice slices and didn't get a tummy ache. <laughs> all that matters. <laughs> so what's your guys' biggest episode so far? What's been the most popular? Uh, we've had some of them went to 30,000 views, things like that. And it was like we were just joking about before the show where a big mistake happened. <laughs> we were doing using salted pork. So it's, it's called the Denver Sandwich episode. You should go watch, check that one out. I don't even want to ruin it, but some things happened on there. That were definitely not planned, and that uh, mistakes make people laugh. And we left it in. I'm I'm glad we did. But and almost anything could be popular. You know, you never really know, right? Like uh, some of the things you might not expect to be amazing, like making French fries, garlic fries. That's and Corey's deep fryer. That was one of my favorite things. Just a big cloud of smoke comes up, and it, they look really good on camera, but. I think he's doing a smoker and I'm doing that flat top. They're both kind of not that popular styles of cooking yet, especially in Canada. Like not many people have that flat top I'm working on. But I think uh, over the next decade, because you can cook breakfast on there, lunch, you can do so many more things on a flat top than you could ever do on your normal barbecue. So I, I think that's kind of we're building a good list of shows for the future or where more people get smokers. They're going to have a whole base of really unique things to watch us uh, make. What's your specialty? I would say for mine is Mexican food, right? That's why I like the Rebellion Tap Room, great tacos. Uh, yeah, I love Mexican food. That's my absolute favorite. And I like trying a food from around the world that I would never try. I try making it and just to, uh, like the Vada Pav I just did, which is an Indian snack. It's their number one street food. It's deep-fried potatoes in a bun. And you're like, this, this, how can this be good? I made it, I tried it, and I was like, wow, this, I would have this again any time. So, and that one actually got 20,000 views over in India. So, yeah. yeah like, it, hey, look, a couple Canadian guys are talking about our food. I think there's a lot of that, too. And I get comments in, in Spanish. <laughs> I had to figure out, hey, people in Brazil speak Portuguese. I didn't even know what language they were talking to me. But then I get into Google Translate, and then I'm like, oh, okay. And it's usually positive. Sometimes it's like, hey, you should be doing this. That's not authentic. But they got to realize, we got Saskatchewan ingredients here, right? <laughs> and you're kind of learning. You're kind of figuring things out. Yeah. How, about, how about you? What is your signature smoke dish? Oh, that's a tough one. I make a, a pretty mean pork and beans, I think. Um, ribs are pretty good. I made a McRib sandwich. That uh, if you haven't seen, you got to go watch that thing. It was uh, Blue McDonald's out of the water, not even close. So, <laughs> other than that, yeah, any uh, pork and beef products on the smoker, it's good. I made a, a jacked up American meatloaf with uh, you know, basically half a block of cheese inside the meatloaf and cooked it up. So it's not good in the arteries, but it sure tasted well. So that sounds like something my Wisconsin family members would be doing. Yes, they would probably be right up the alley for them. Wrapping <laughs> cheese with bacon and pork and like three kinds of meat and. Absolutely. You have a heart attack when you're 40. Well, I passed that. I haven't yet, so I'm good. I got got room to go. 
in terms of beers, what you kind of touched on it before, but what are some of the beers you look for when you're doing your barbecue? No, I, I, I got to give Corey credit for this one. Now, this is I'm your typical Saskatchewan dude who was always drinking light beer. You know, maybe in high school. Oh, no, after high school. <laughs> after high school, you know, drinking um, just your standard stuff. It feels like there was only eight beer back then. I mean, beer is kind of like YouTube now, right? There's 10 trillion choices when you when you take a look. But like, I kind of grew up the standard beer guy, light beer. And Corey was the first guy I knew who was trying different stuff. Like, I, you were getting rebellion growlers. Corey was getting growlers back in the day. So he was always into that, and I was slow to come to it. But then the first time I had the lentil ale, I was like, wow, this is good. Like, I think for a person like me who's drank 10 million light beer, you have to smack them right in the mouth, like, with something really good. And I had the kiwi sour. That's what converted me to Rebellion. Because I was like, this is this is incredible. <laughs> so I got to give Corey all the credit for that, and you guys for making making the product. But I think if you want to convert your normal, you know, Bud Light guy, they, they got to try something and not be like, this is okay. It's got to be so good, they can't wait to have it again. And so now I'm on this whole trip of sour beer, right? Drinking all these sour beers and just loving it. So I, I think I'm the classic audience of even guys who would watch our show who need to try, bring their beer up a level. Like go to the tap room and have one of these, we're drinking right now, Golden Crush off the tap. That's mm -hmm. unbelievable. Well, part of the reason I brought this beer, this Golden Crush on today is because I view it as like a, a gateway beer. It's something that plays really nice to an audience that wants something a little bit lighter, but is willing to explore more flavor. But it also appeals to beer geeks who want that big flavor, but maybe don't want to melt their face off while they're crushing beers with their buddies. What do you think? 100%. I remember the day that I had lentil for the first time. I didn't know what to expect. I was pretty much ready to not like it. <laughs> If lentil was the last beer on the face of this earth, I would be a happy gay. <laughs> I could drink that every day. It was so good. And, and there's so many other varieties. Like, I had, I don't know when the last time I had a Golden Crush. It's been a bit. But the, the Cerveza, I had well, a couple packs of that this weekend. Um, the beer beer is phenomenal for the guy that just wants a beer. Oh, That's thanks, where man. you go, right? It's, it's perfect. So, Well, let's crack these and let's get into it. Beauty. Cheers. I do want to say that because we work with agricultural products like hops and barley and seasons matter, and from year to year, our really hardcore diehard fans notice slight changes in the beers. And I want to say that the first batch of every new brew on our seasonals every year might be a little bit out of spec because the brewers have to brew it taste it and understand what the new ingredients are doing to then bring it back into spec. So people will notice, especially like they'll message me, if, like podcast fans will call me up or text me, hey, this beer tastes a little bit different this time. I'm like, well, we just, it's just bear with us. We got, we got to brew it a couple times to really dial it in. And to bring like the cooking textures into the beer, 
when I'm telling people about the Rebellion beer, I'm like, there, there's a texture to it that's kind of silky. Do you know what I mean? It's less, maybe less carbonated. I, I don't know what it is. You'd, you'd have to tell me. But there, there's a silky kind of texture to the beer, and it feels just like you're drinking a better beer. And I, that's something I noticed right off the start was like this, this feel to it that I haven't got in any of the other uh, beer I've tried for... Uh, I'm not even calling you guys craft beer, but... Yeah, we're craft. Yeah. I would say um, in terms of the hazy style, that mouthfeel, that texture you're experiencing, yeah. that is part of the hazy style. It's supposed to be smoother. It's what we would say a very hoppy beer, but not crushingly bitter, not a face melter. You're not peeling your enamel off like a West Coast style IPA. This hazy style is more designed to bring out the, the juice and fruit characteristics of the hops. More citrus, more tropical, easier. Is a sour beer, you actually have to sour something to get that? Yeah. You have to sour the batch? Yeah, we use lactobacillus. And basically what they do is they introduce lactobacillus and they let it go for 24 hours. It sours the beer in the kettle overnight. Then they, uh, it does its thing. It's, it, when it's soured, it's soured, right? And you're done. So they transfer it, and then they add all the other stuff, treat it, goes to the bright tank, and then it's centrifuge and packaged. And that all happens within the span of like 10 days. Wow. No, I, that's a whole new world for me. And to be fair, I tried because I had the kiwi, kiwi sour. So next time I was at the liquor store, I grabbed like five different brands. I None of them did it for me. <laughs> none of them did it for me. They weren't. They didn't have that silky texture. They weren't, didn't have the flavor. And I went right back to that uh, Rebellion four-pack with the watermelon, peach, all that. Okay, well, if you're looking at the fruit sours, what you'll notice is that some of the fruit sours contain lactose. So lactose, we use that to round out some of the sharp edges on the fruit and on the sour itself. Um, a lot of problem with kettle sours, and it's not a problem, it's a feature or function, is that it can be a very one-note beer. It's not complex, and you just get hammered with that single note, boom, 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 over and over again. When you add that lactose, it gives it a little bit of creamy texture, that, that sweet balances out the sharp notes, and then it makes it kind of more of a treat or a dessert, and each sip it's kind of still inviting, and you don't get pummeled as much with that one note of flavor no that's that's great and i find like a lot of the rebellion beer you only need a couple of them right that's why the beer beer like Corey said and a cerveza if you're if you're like a corona guy something like that you grab that cerveza right you can it's good with clam too i know that's probably a, a <laughs> something you never want to say like putting ketchup on a steak <laughs> right but uh if you do want something, lots of people drink the clam. And Cerveza is the perfect one for that. But, like, Corey has better tastes in the beer than I do. So, <laughs> definitely. We do offer a Viser at the taproom. So, if you like doing Caesars or anything like that, we have teamed up with a local business. The name escapes me. His name is Judd. Paperback Brunco. And so, they offer a vegan Caesar mix. And we use that. And you can get it at the taproom on the patio. Yeah. Good to know. Super easy to do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> the uh, We, we kind of joke and we call the Cerveza the Corona Killer because we, we say stand them up side by side. And any day of the week, 
you put a Corona beside our Cerveza and we say, taste them both side by side. It'll open your eyes and you'll see the difference. Well, Corona's like any other big beer. They mastered their marketing and ran with it. You go to Mexico, people in Mexico don't drink Corona. No. They drink other stuff. Pacifico. Exactly. 100%. So, um, Corona, like Molson and some of their products, just mastered marketing. Doesn't mean their product's good. They just market well. So you guys are tasting lots of meat. You're tasting lots of barbecue. You're tasting lots of flat top foods. What do you bring that customers can take away? What flavors, what products are you trying to share with people? For me on the smoker, the simplicity of the smoke flavor. You don't want to over rub and over season your meats and your veggies. Whatever you're doing, you want to let that smoke flavor come through so people can can taste it. That's that's the key. Um, if you over-season, uh, you, you change the taste of it. Now, you do always want to rub your meats a little bit, uh, but like for steak, salt and pepper, that's all you need. You know, you start with that, you cook it right, and it's the perfect cut of meat. You do you guys have a lineup of products that you're planning to offer? Are you going to have like a team up with us for some beers and some rubs. And Corey actually invented an absolute amazing rub, the sizzling smoke spice and the rub. Um, yeah, and he, uh, I don't even know what's in it. <laughs> I don't even know what's in it. He does it. It is absolutely perfect. Now, I think that's one of those things we need to get into retail, right? Like it, if I was dreaming, sure, a box of rub with every, <laughs> you know, Rebellion product would be beautiful. Hint, hint. But uh, <laughs> no, he came up with an awesome one. But then again, that's, you know, we're not uh, a big operation yet. But if we could get that in stores, like we found out that mailing the rub, it's so expensive to mail uh, through Canada Post or anything. You're not going to pay $20 for a, a bottle of rub. So that's the only thing stopping us there. So we, we need to go retail with that. And uh, like I feel like we're still in the baby stages. Uh, eight months for a YouTube channel is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. Uh, but most of them never get to a thousand subscribers. Right. Ninety-five percent of your channels never get there. It's tough. It's very tough. And we're at twenty-three hundred. So we have far exceeded what a channel normally would ever do in a couple of years. So if we keep slugging away Saskatchewan style, right? Just putting out the product. And then hoping you, you find your audience, right? So do you have like a kid helping you with your TikToks? See, we're, no, we're, we're pretty much YouTube only. Like we, Corey has Facebook. Uh, he runs that well. And uh, we do have these other ones, but it's so hard to keep all the social medias going. I'm sure at some point if we were big enough, we would do it, but it's tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I help manage all the social media for Rebellion and TikTok's a new beast, but... It's kind of where the kids are. It, you TikTok? Yeah. I, I mean, I see them dancing on there, right? The cooking ones, though. Did anybody care about the cooking on TikTok? I see uh, good cooking channels. I do see them. They are possible. There's one. I can't remember her name now. She's blonde, and she does uh, cocktails and beers, and then she'll pair them with a meal, and she is always constantly making jokes and like you guys, she doesn't cut out the mistakes. So when she drops the knife or does something silly and spills or something explodes on her, she's kind of like Tim Taylor from Tool Time. Something goes wrong and she just kind of looks at the camera and mugs to the camera. It's kind of that vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's 
they do recommend like pick your one social media and kind of stick to it. And the learning curve is so big. Uh, our first episodes were 35 or 40 minutes long. I would do the first 20 minutes and then over to Corey for the next 20. And we thought that's what people were just going to tune in and watch 40 minutes of us. And it's hard to get people's attention span past a, a couple minutes. Right. Right. I had a hard time watching 40 minutes of us, so that's, that's <laughs> the big one. <laughs> I would say the sweet spot you can grab people for is about 30 seconds, and it's a big stretch to ask them to listen or watch more than three minutes. Like, yeah, very much so. Like uh, Our average viewer duration is like 28 seconds on a lot of these videos, so you got to get that your first little hit to get them engaged to want to go and watch some more. And that's the hard part. So that's why we think if we leave in the goofy parts, the the blooper reel, basically, maybe that'll engage them, right? So yeah. that's what we try and do. I, I sneak little things in the back of our videos. So if you ever watch the end of a Rebellion video, you might see some of our bloopers and snafus. We had Paul on a scooter and he forgot to put the kickstand up. So he starts rolling the scooter and <laughs> crunches. And he's like, oh, the kickstand, let's reset the shot. That was one of the most popular commented pieces of the video, and it was just tagged on the end. The stupid little thing. It's the part that's not choreographed, right? It's just happened. So, like the time Kevin tried to make burgers and put it between two plates and broke the plate. So, it's <laughs> something that you never expect to happen and then does, and it's just gold. Smash. If people want to find out more about Sizzle and Smoke, they want to go to your channel, they want to know who you are and what you're about, where, what should they do? Got a couple choices. You can go to YouTube, Sizzle and Smoke on there, or head over to Facebook to our Sizzle and Smoke page. So uh, that's where we put up all the videos. We do little other fun stuff, whatever we got going on. And so, yeah, we try and take some pictures of where we are out in the city if we're uh, engaging in different things and put some pictures up. So And there's a new show coming out every day, every week. Usually every Saturday we try and get out new shows. Uh, lately it's been a little tough, so we've got some, they come out different times. I was away camping this weekend and I forgot to post it, so I did it last night after the <laughs> avalanche win, but hey, it worked, so it, uh, it is what it is. Hockey comes before barbecue, I guess, sometimes. Actually, the barbecue should come before the hockey, <laughs> so you can have, enjoy the barbecue during the hockey. <laughs> <laughs> good point, good point. <laughs> well, Kevin, Corey, thank you for your time today. Did we make it past 11 minutes? Yeah, 22. See, 22, because you got to get past 11 Right? Or that means you were terrible. So 22. <laughs> Put, so I got past the editing floor, though. Oh, that's true. We almost got 30. That's the golden land, so. <laughs> you know, I say my ideal episode is between 20 and 25 minutes. Nice. Yeah. And the people just kind of fall asleep after about 30. <laughs> well, if you, if you like Saskatchewan and you're still listening and you like beer and you like cooking, go subscribe to our channel on YouTube. If people don't subscribe and they don't give you the thumbs up, like, you know, it's annoying every YouTube video. They're begging you to subscribe. Well, there's a good reason for that. So people actually can see the videos. Without that, they don't see them. And for those of you just listening now, I believe this podcast will be out on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, Mondays, typically. So it's Monday. So go back and just watch. I just did an over-the-top chili. And if you want to make a chili that'll blow everybody's mind, not like your typical chili, go check it out. Unbelievable. Rebels, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, be sure to join us on our brand new Facebook group page, The Rebellion Brewing Podcast. 
I'm going to include links to all things Sizzle and Smoke in the show notes. Be sure to check it out. You can follow right through to their YouTube channel. I'm also proud to let you know that we're members of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. It's a one-stop shop for tons of locally produced shows from across our province. You can find them at saskpodcastnetwork.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Untapped so you don't miss out on the latest in Sask Craft Beer news. Thank you for joining the Rebellion. Thank you.